Do you manage your own IT for distributed teams in Asia? You know how painful it is. Asseval helps your in-house team by taking tough tasks off their hands and giving them the tools to manage IT effectively. Get help across eight countries in Asia-Pacific, which includes onboarding, procurement, device management, real-time IT support, offboarding, and more. Gain full control of all your IT infrastructure in one place with our state-of-the-art platform. Check out Esevel, E-S-E-V-E-L.com and get a demo today. Use our referral code BRAVE for three months free. Terms and conditions apply. You know, I worry about this and that this is the world that our children will grow up in, right? Which is you're really having to sort through like what is true and what is the mm. story that is being told to me versus what do I really believe or what are these people's motivations in pushing these narratives? Like there's a lot of, I don't know, media awareness that has to be taught to people these days that I don't think we had to face when we were kids. Welcome to Brave. Learn from Southeast Asia's best tech leaders. Build the future, learn from our past, and stay human in between. No BS on success. I'm Jeremy Al, venture capitalist, serial founder, Harvard MBA, sci-fi nerd, and dad of two daughters. Mondays for your weekly tech news debate with Shiyan Ko, managing partner of Hustle Fund. Wednesdays for interviews of regional changemakers covering both the highs and lows of leadership. Fridays for personal diary insights and listener questions and answers. Join our movement of over 12,000 members for transcripts, analysis, and community at www.bravesea.com. Morning, Shiyan. Uh, we're looking at this um, Congress. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> we're looking at this uh, Congress testimonial, right, of the TikTok CEO, Singaporean. What a crazy week uh, so far about the TikTok ban. And so I figured let's talk about TikTok. How do we use it? What's driving everything going on today? What do we think about it? Let's talk TikTok, 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 even though we're on podcasts, I guess, and YouTube, and we are on TikTok as well. So, yeah. Yeah. It's it's clear how little I used it. So I actually, I moved TikTok to the home screen of my phone because I had read that Gen Z people don't use Google. They use TikTok for search. And this horrified me. And so I said, okay, I'm going to use TikTok for search for one week. So I moved it to my home screen and I found it totally unusable. It was like, how do you find anything? There's no source data. I don't understand how people use this for information, and yet they do. And how can they count on any of this? So yeah, that's that's neither here nor there, but please don't use TikTok to search for information. Please use Google or at least I, chat GPT. You just data yourself. Oh, for, like, sure. oh for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, people don't use an algorithm to search for stuff. You, you consume stuff, and then the AI tells you before you search for it what you want for it, right? You know, although it's true that some people actually explicitly search for stuff, but yeah, generally you find stuff, stuff before you, you you want it. Uh, I mean, okay, I, I've used TikTok and I think I use TikTok a lot during the pandemic because I was stuck at but home. But for information purposes or for entertainment purposes, I think that's, I was told people were using it for informational purposes and that was what was horrifying to me. For, for entertainment, I get it, right? Sure, it's highly entertaining. 
well, the tricky part, as you and I both know, is that information and entertainment is pretty much blending into one another, right? I mean, you know, I was like watching like a whole bunch of random stuff, right? Obviously, there's the podcast host of like 20VC and all these other folks. But there's also a lot of fun stuff, right? I mean, the Banana Capital, Turner Novak is like discussing. I had to review my algorithm then. It wasn't your fee, okay? I have a lot of VCs doing memes on TikTok. It was really funny. As in, it's like, okay, let, let's put it this way, right? Like, I think TikTok dialed me in, right? Because I think they realized that I, first of all, had a daughter. So they gave me a lot of wholesome dad and daughter contents, right? That's one. Two is uh, they gave me a lot of jokes about English and Mandarin. So all these like bad Mandarin speakers, these fluent Americans speaking perfect Mandarin next to a terrible Asian guy <laughs> who can't speak Mandarin. Horrible, horrific, criminal Chinese puns. It was just bad. And then followed by, I said, VC influencers doing memes to explain the current market. And I was just like stuck on TikTok. And I was just like, at some point, so I'm the opposite, right? I was using TikTok and I moved it to the last page of my thing because I was using it way too much. I switched up the notifications. And then at some point I had to delete TikTok because I just wasn't getting anything done with TikTok. And so I can only access TikTok on my laptop browser. And I've gated myself to like 15 minutes of TikTok a day. So that's that's where I am wow. at the end of it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm clearly not the target audience because even though it is on the first page of my hope screen, I don't use it anymore after my search experiment. So, but maybe I just I mean, need to tune my feed more. I mean, if I could have Turner and Tremoth serving me up memes, I would be on that thing all day long. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the power of it, right? Is that it's just this Dar Darwinistic natural selection of the best content and so niche and targeted. I, I was talking to this founder, he's building like a social network for neighbors, right? Uh, and he was talking about how he was a creator uh, social network. And and I was just talking to him and I just clicked for me. I just said, look, like TikTok's a social network, but it's not social at all. I mean, on Facebook, if I added somebody, we kind of like are social, both two humans, right? And I was like, but on TikTok, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to ghosts, right? Ghosts are real, actual human being. Like this person made this content a year ago. And I just happened to log in. And because I understand Mandarin English, I like these puns. So this thing is, this ghost fragment comes over and just hangs out with me. But it's not, this person does not know me at all. I obviously get a fragment of it. Anyway, so I, I think the joke is that TikTok is a best-in-class social network, but it's, it's not network, it's, it's a full of ghosts, right? And I say the biggest test of it is if, well, at least before Facebook did this algorithmic newsfeed and everything, of course, if the world ended tomorrow and you're the one person left, Facebook would just end because the newsfeed used to be like time-ranked, right? It was like, but if the world ended tomorrow and you're just in your bunker, you still TikTok and you still think the whole world is going on wonderfully because you know, it's just serving you all the content as if everyone's still around in life. Right? Oh gosh. Oh gosh. How depressing. I, I encourage everyone to come out from behind their screens and interact with real human physical people. Come on. Real physical humans are so tough. Your neighbors are loud and noisy. They have kids are running around. The world, this is the world we live in, man. This is the world we For love. For now, gotta... our meat space. <laughs> I like the meat space. Maybe this dates me. Maybe this makes me a fuddy-duddy. <laughs> TikTok, you're going to hang out with these perfect, wonderful people, me doing dance moves and some music, you know. You know, my neighbor is like, you know, we, we have a passive-aggressive to each other. That's what we do, right? <laughs> I mean, 
I don't know. I'm. I feel like we're getting to the age. So my daughter is six, and she now wants like the iPad all the time. Oh. And we What'd only allow. Well, we only allow. We only allow two hours of TV a week. Wow, that's a. So Friday night is movie night, and then they can choose. It's mostly it's Netflix, right? They get to choose what they want. Okay. But they only get right. that. But the rest of the time, when they have free time, they're always like, can we have the iPad? Can we have the iPad? I was like, no, you cannot. This got to a crazy moment where she and her brother found where we had hidden the iPad, took it upstairs, and were like silently watching Peppa Pig or Daniel Tiger or something in their room. And then the helper caught them and like confiscated the iPad and told on them. And I was like, this is getting out of control. So I told her, I said, you know what? The internet... Technology is like cake. You know that first slice of cake is delicious. But if you have too much cake, it makes you feel sick. I was like, Mama is going to help you understand how to harness technology for good and not have it make you feel sick. Okay? So not no stealing the iPad. So I don't know if that's going to work. But she's she's thinking about it. She's reflecting on it. Well, similar spot to me. I think I, we haven't figured it out yet, but... For sure, our 10-month-old daughter definitely was really interested in the phone. It's highly motivating for her. That's how we motivate her to crawl, is we put a phone on one side of the room, and she's just, just left it crawling away like a good soldier towards that phone device. I was just like, well, I can't motivate her food or anything about that phone. But it's crazy, right? They want it, and then it's also just like, you. I think about what example we're setting, right? Which is like, when I'm with them, I need to put my own phone away because otherwise yeah. I'm demonstrating to them that this phone is fascinating. It's more interesting than they are, but I don't know. But I mean, I guess we should probably talk about the meat of the issue, Jeremy, on TikTok, but right? That so, is so the what meat is of the... the issue? Is that well, one no, is doing to children? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, sorry, okay, that's, that's so, a question that everybody's asking, right? Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, this is the. I think the ostensible reason he is testifying is the threat to national security. And privacy and and I guess potential to harm the children. Yeah, but that's exactly it, right? It's like there's a lot of different motivations to it, right? And they're all kind of like coming nicely together, right? Which is like national security, which is protect America. The second one is China, obviously. And then third, like you said, is what's it doing to our children? And I think at least being three, I mean, that was Facebook, right? A year ago, right? I mean, there was like Instagram, the whistleblowers. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I remember from the presentation and then everybody was jumping on them, right? And you all having that debate, right? Whether beauty standards, right? Were being morphed and whether it was driving suicide and depression amongst young kids. So Facebook was congr- testifying, right? We had the PowerPoints, the presentations, leaks. I don't know. It was interesting. Yeah, but then nothing happened, right? And it yeah. it continues. So I mean, I don't think that the the children thing, like, like let's be honest, right? If it weren't for the China thing, would they be pursuing TikTok at all? Right. This is a uh, rare moment of bipartisan unity where everyone can win points with their constituents by bashing China and raising the well, specter of China mining their data as something to. I mean, that's why I mean, like, I think 31 states have banned it from their state employee devices and Biden has banned it from federal employee devices. So, I mean, I don't know. I think this is sort of like people trying to score points on something that everyone can be united against. But I'm not, it's not really clear to me, like, they tried to do this in 2020 with Trump. They tried to ban WeChat, and there was actually a lawsuit of WeChat users 
who said that it violated their First Amendment rights to be prevented from using WeChat. And hmm. so they stopped the ban on WeChat. So wow. I, I don't, don't know. Remember that. Yeah, so I don't really know like what what Yes, I think if there is enough fervor, patriotic fervor, they can ban. I mean, India banned TikTok, right? In 2020. That's true. Among a host of other Chinese games and applications. Although I thought India's was a bit more of a protectionist measure than a sort of political, geopolitical point scoring exercise. But I don't know. Do you think he's the first Singaporean to testify in front of Congress? I mean, what a unique experience. I know, that's what I was thinking too. I mean, most people may not know this guy, but Shou Zhi is a Singaporean, a Harvard MBA. <laughs> and yeah. Hua Chong, Hua Chong boy. The, okay, all the Hua Chong boys out there who also understand Chinese funds all celebrate. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a crazy thing, right? And yeah, he could be the first Singaporean tech CEO, at least, to testify before Congress. I don't remember. But laser, I mean, I think or, also this is you know, also. This is also a bit of a show, right? Because I think the journal said, here it is. Um, where is it? Committee Chair Kathy Rogers, Republican Washington, and other lawmakers plan to lay out the threat posed by TikTok to Americans, national security and privacy. Asked what Mr. Chu could say during Thursday's hearing to change lawmakers' minds, aides said there was basically nothing. I mean... <laughs> So, you know, this whole thing is Wayang, right? Like, <laughs> Well, it's not going to change her mind, but it can change the mind of American voters, which are also part of our constituency and a part of upcoming elections in one year's time. And they could change their, her mind, right? And I think there's a crux of it, right? It's, there's, I mean, literally for the first time ever, the CEO came out on TikTok. I was watching him on TikTok, right? And he literally comes out and Uber-style lobbying goes out there by appeals to all users, not all users, by the way, he appeals to American users to lobby and talk to their local representative. And he says stuff like, there's 150 million Americans, which is like half of America, effective. Which is crazy. <laughs> right? Crazy if you think about it, right? It's like, turn up. You love your memes. You love your dance moves. And by the way, we support lots of local businesses, small, medium enterprises. And obviously he's like lobbying hard uh, for the first time ever because TikTok has always been defensive on his PR. He's always been behind the scenes, lay low. It's never ever done this American style, like let's push back, right? Let's activate the base. And I think this is going to be a really powerful thing because I thought it was a compelling narrative. I thought it's obviously you can't say, I mean, 150 million folks, and these are primarily Gen Z, right? These are voters that both parties are fighting for. He switched on his uh, California accent for most of the video, but by the second half, his Singaporeanness started coming true. But you know, the first 30, 10 seconds, I was like, oh, there's, a, there's you know, like the American accent is coming true. He's working hard, right? It's, the marketing team is like, I don't know, like, I don't know what the, the lights were, lighting were, but they were like working hard, right? I mean, soon after this, can you imagine all the memes, all the influencers, they're going to do songs. TikTok is going to do a song called like, don't take my TikTok. People are going to dance to it. It becomes the hottest thing. Like, I don't know. I, I think the legislators, like, I don't know. They're going to know what's going to hit them, right? 150 million young folks. I mean, in the elections coming up, I mean, this could even determine the election if you think about it, right? I mean, I mean, this would... this requires young people actually vote, which I think historically okay. young young voter turnout has not been great. But yeah. you want to get them to play pranks, they will, right? Like, I think there was that Trump rally where 
all the TikTokers and the BTS fans or signed up for all of the tickets and then Trump had to address like an empty arena or something. You know, I worry about this and that this is the world that our children will grow up in, right? Which is you're really having to sort through like what is true and what is the mm. story that is being told to me versus what do I really believe or what are these people's motivations in pushing these narratives? Like there's a lot of I don't know, media awareness that has to be taught to people these days that I don't think we had to face when we were kids. Yeah, and I think that's the deeper anxiety of it, right? I mean, obviously, like you said, there's so many different threads of it, but this obviously reminds me of the prohibition movement, right? When they banned all alcohol in America and it was a crazy time, right? And Except for the church. The church got to keep it for communion. <laughs> Hey, it's, it's not wine when you take it, right? It becomes the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. So I think where we're at, of course, was, I think obviously historically, there's a lot of different camps of it actually, right? So obviously at that time, it was not just the folks who were obviously moralistic about alcohol, but actually there's actually a lot of suffragists, right? People who are pro-women rights, who are, who are anti-male domestic abuse and alcohol abuse were there. There were health reformers who were there as part of that camp. There were obviously protectionists, import and export economics guys. So it's actually a really big tent. And obviously we, we zoom out, we're like, oh, it's a moral thing. But it was actually like, there were a lot of health people, people a lot of women was, all the women's rights groups at the point of time supported that, right? Because men were the ones drinking it. And it was just an interesting dynamic, right? So I think it reminds me of this is like, I think the deep underlying level is like, yeah, this impacts our children. What are they consuming? And I think it's, this driving a lot of, I think, the lawmaker behavior from my perspective. And, and That's I, a I very think, kind think, interpretation, Jeremy. I think there's many other things impacting children that lawmakers are not paying attention to, like guns, but, maybe, or teachers oh no, going but, on strike or inadequate school funding. But this is a much more politically fun and salient point to make to people. I mean, that's what you said earlier, right? I mean, the big difference, of course, is that when it comes to firearms, you know, obviously they have a long constitutional belief in this and understanding of it. So I think it's heritage, it's part of the community. Technology is scary, right? The future is scary. And yeah, behind it, you don't know what the algorithm is. And like you said, I, I think one more angle group that I want to add to this tent, obviously, is I think it's the, the what I call an interesting dynamic between, like I said, protectionism on India's side, but also on the equal rules of the internet side. So Anir Ayal, obviously, he, he wrote the book Hooked, and obviously he wrote this follow-up book so hooked was about how to be very addictive <laughs> to users and then indestructible is about how parents and other folks can help the kids and themselves be less distracted by this stuff. Great guy. He's been on the podcast. He's obviously been in gay events as well. He's based in Southeast Asia currently. He talks about, I think one, he's actually pro regulation of TikTok. So he talks about all that stuff. He's, just, he's come on the show. He's been on record and says that, well, one big part of it is driving it is that American social media companies are not allowed in China. So Chinese own social apps should have the same treatment in the US, right? I thought it was really interesting because it's not a protectionist argument. This is actually what I call like the equal access, you know, tit for tat. Except that their big, not a their way, big but, you US know, presence yeah. is through their acquisition of a US company musically. Yeah. Like so are you gonna stop right? are you gonna stop all all I mean maybe that's what Cepheus is gonna do, right? So the Cepheus is like the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S., I think is what it stands for. But they sort of legislate on who gets to buy things, who gets to buy American assets. Yeah. Well, that's not where I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to go with his thing around the social media apps should shut people off when they know that they've been 
consuming it too much. I think that's totally fair. And I think that argument is more for a broader social media regulation, which I'm, I'm fine with, right? Like uh, equal rules for all. And that's what, you know, I was like, like seatbelts, right? Seatbelts, nobody wanted to install seatbelts until the government said, yo, these cars are killing way too many people <laughs> or injuring them and we have to pay for them somehow. And everybody's frustrated about it. That's mandated minimum requirement of a seatbelt. And obviously after that, they mandated like safer steering wheels that don't like impale you immediately <laughs> in a car accident. They mandated airbags and mandated. So I think there's some sort of safety standard requirement, right? And I think that's the role of government is like you create fair rules for everybody. I think that's a totally fair requirement. Yeah. I mean, Americans might argue it is their right to consume as much, as many dance videos as they wish. Who are you to impinge on my right to do this? Well, you become a parent with a two-year-old who's figured out how to open up the app and so on and so forth, right? I mean, so there's like so many different layers to it, right? I mean, but yeah, if you ask me, should there be more regulation on social media? And I'm like, yeah, I, I think as long as it's democratically convened and decided, I'm sure it's a lot of sausage-making process, it's very painful. But yeah, I think it's equal rules, then sure, everybody knows what to do, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, does this really result in them banning TikTok? I mean, it's kind of hard for me to imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what it could just say is like all servers, all data stays in the US, all algorithms for all social media are open source. I think that solves like 90% of it, right? I mean, it peels off enough camps, right? Which is, it gives that, removes the transparency advocates. It, respects the data privacy requirements and advocate camp. I think it But just because support. the data yeah. is in the US doesn't mean that you know you can't stop management from looking at the data and you, I don't think you can stop management from sharing the data back to your Chinese parent, can you? Yeah, but I I think when it comes to the national security concerns, I think the awkward reality is that everybody's spying on each other, right? <laughs> so they're literally like internet cables all around the world that literally have boxes attached to them that suck up all the information, right? Encrypted, unencrypted, and they are decrypted wherever they are. And those are in the WikiLeaks diplomatic cables. It's a well-known secret. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, are you really saying it's not getting sent around? Yeah, I mean, you should just assume. Oh, well, okay, another one I'm saying is like, there was a recent research paper, and basically this American university professor has basically, if there's a Wi-Fi signal, they can actually see you in a room. Like, they can actually see what you're doing in a room. Oh, I saw your, that. Wi Fi signal. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was reported in The Economist, and it was funded by the American government, right? I mean, you don't think it wasn't like a company doing it. And I was like, oh, no, the conspiracy theorists are right. You know, you got to remove all the, the routers from your room and your phone and everything. You got to live in a bunker. Put on your tin hat. Put on your tinfoil hat, Jeremy. Protect yourself from the signals. I know, but the problem is like, yeah, I've seen startups that are able to track you exactly where you are in the mall based on your map, right? Your Bluetooth map, right? So like, that's kind of bonkers if you think about it, right? And after I saw that, I just deleted most of my apps on my phone, right? Because I was like, I don't want to share all that stuff. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's going to show me being very boring, going to the supermarket and going to daycare and stuff like that. But you know, I'm like, okay, I don't know. And I'm sorry, I don't know. So you um, think that there's going to be a ban? What's your prediction? I find it very hard to see there being a ban. Maybe they force the sale. 
But even that doesn't really accomplish anything, you know? You're just going to get sued. You're going to get tied up in the courts. And then, oh, by the way, it's time for the next election and it's on to the next shiny object that we can fight about and score political points on. I don't know. But maybe I'm underestimating the desire of U.S. lawmakers to make a point in this China-U.S. conflict. Mm. Struggle. I don't know what the right word is to describe this. Yeah, I think I'm on the... What's your prediction? I, I think that the TikTok pushback can be huge. I mean, you know... Like you're, you, so Uber, you're predicting a grassroots wave of users oh, sure. demanding their rights. I mean, legislators already got pushback from Uber users when there were bans, and many of them literally folded in many ways, right? Just from folks just writing messages... Yeah, the Uber in-app messaging, right? And they made it easier to send it to the thing. I mean, can you imagine if TikTok just puts a button saying, sign this petition? It's going to be huge, right? I, I mean, you can imagine like, what, 15 million folks, at least one third of them. I mean, everyone knows TikTok's conversion rate is pretty hard. So maybe, it's, maybe in this case, the conversion rate is going to be the saving grace for leg- US legislators. <laughs> like, can you imagine that? Like, I mean, and the election is like down to a single percentage point, right? For this next election based on the polling. One percentage point is there. Yeah, you're right. Even though like they don't turn out, but you know, in a swing state, they're at home, whatever. I don't, I don't see this happening before the. Okay, well, I'll say it. I don't think it'll happen before the presidential campaign. They don't. It's like what they say, like you don't want to be the dog that catches the car. I think if they manage to do that before the thing, like you said, it'll be stuck in cars, everything. Everyone's gonna be pissed for a year. I just. Yeah. yeah, there'll be some great TikTok dances though if it happens. I mean, if they try to please, push please post them in the show notes. Please, <laughs> please show the grassroots efforts. I would like to see them. It was like you said, doing like the YMCA. You don't go like do like F R E E free my TikTok or something. I don't know. What's the reception? What's the reception? But, Have users responded to his message on TikTok? So, you know, I think I was looking at TikTok, the comments, obviously, I think there's both the American sides and then, of course, there's the global side. And of course, the tricky part is like when for a lot of this stuff is you also don't know who's human and who's not, right? <laughs> as well as on another level. Even though TikTok just announced that they're banning all AI uh, in human likenesses, any non-humans on the thing, which is kind of a joke and hilarious anyway, by the way. Like I said, we, have, we allow human ghosts, but we don't allow AI ghosts on TikTok. Anyway. And uh, how so, can they tell? Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, there's some dark irony here as well. But I think what's interesting here is it's, I think, like you said, I think earlier, it's like TikTok is a very diffuse kind of advertising medium even today, right? A lot of people use it for brand awareness, but they don't use it to drive conversions for their websites, right? And stuff like that, because TikTok is so sticky. I mean, the reason why TikTok is so popular is that it doesn't share its vision and traffic with other platforms, right? So one is, short form video as a medium is this way less click-through rate than Instagram text, right? So that's one. And then two is TikTok is very good at keeping them on TikTok. So I don't know. Yeah. But you can imagine a scenario where, again, they create a button called lobby button within TikTok and it does a lot of stuff within TikTok, like draft your email (laughs) to your senator based on your location. I mean, if they did that, I mean, like I said, can you imagine like 10 million emails going out? You know, we'll break it into that. But if they try to force people, like you said, to do in-person action, I think there's a much lower conversion rate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would be curious to hear what our listeners think. 
So I guess this is an invitation to our listeners. Like, what's your prediction on what's going to happen? But also maybe like more locally, like, should TikTok be banned in Singapore? Why or no, why not? <laughs> I mean, first of all, it's a great uh, job source, all right? An employer in Singapore. EDB works very hard to for the yeah, visa program to attract talent from across the region. Okay, uh, fine. Different, no, no, different question. Should it be regulated? If TikTok knew that someone was spending more than two hours a day on the app, should they cut them off for a 24-hour period? I would think... Two hours a day, dude. That's like a lot of time to be watching 15-second videos or whatever. You know, I'm a big believer in like general rules. So it should be any app on your phone that you use for more than two hours should let you jump out, right? (laughs) And they'll be suddenly stop being on Slack and start email. (laughs) I'm like, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Hey team, I'm not on Slack anymore because it's the two-hour limit. (laughs) Wait, not I mean, for China productivity this, tools. I know they did it for the games. Yeah, they did it for the games because the children were spending too much time playing games. So if you yeah, know your which, user is like, what, I don't know, under 16 or something, you have to lock them out after a while. Of course, yeah, crush, it was huge. Numbers. I mean, it goes back to protecting the children, right? And educational outcomes. So would you support that, Shayan? Would you like, instead of like, you know, being like, mommy doesn't let you, only allows you two hours of screen time a week. It's more like, the government doesn't allow you two hours of screen movie slash entertainment time a week. I mean, I'm okay enforcing it on my kids, but I, I don't know. I don't think it's a terrible thing to say, like, I mean, we, I don't know. We don't, like, knowingly allow gambling addicts to go into the casino, right? You That's know? true. There's a gambling hotline. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, folks, but there is a bar for, there is a bar for kids. So protecting kids. Like, so if you're under 16... And you're like displaying addictive behavior on some of these like games and and sites. I don't think it's a crazy thing to say like we're going to cut them off. I mean, then there's all the questions like, oh, they'll just create another identity. Oh, they'll lie about their age. They'll do this, 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 this. But at least you create a little bit of friction, I guess. Try to lower it. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Like smoking, right? Obviously, there's age limit. There's taxation. uh, Yeah. So you don't eliminate altogether, but you make it a little bit harder for people to do. Because it's like not great for them. Oh, let's text TikTok. <laughs> Sorry. For every minute you spend on TikTok, you, you pay one cent to mommy and daddy. That's okay because it's okay. But then to like a five year old kid, it's like on their pocket money for the week and they starve for the week. I was not a very good person with pocket money when I was a young kid. I'll be like, you know, I remember they moved me out from like daily pocket money to like weekly pocket money. That was a real tough time, I gotta say, on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Did you run out of money and then you had to drink water on Friday only? Yeah, effectively, right? I mean, it was like my best friend and I, he got like one of us got a monthly allowance, one of us got a weekly allowance. And so we would trade our money, pocket money, you know, because, you know, we would run out. At the end of the week, so the guy with the monthly one would do, but basically, like, and then at the second half of the month, the Mondays, Tuesdays, there'd be the money flowed out of the way around. But yeah, fourth week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it was a tough time. We were like basically both in debt. Well, what did you spend your money on? I feel like there wasn't that much to spend money on. Like, it's like, was, how many bowls boy. of me I, could you eat, you know? You know, young tofu is expensive, right? <laughs> yeah. So they charge per piece of tofu and vegetable and meat. 
But yeah, I mean, yeah, you can imagine taxation. Social media maybe doesn't get like this one. Age limit but is it's tough, regressive. I can imagine. Taxation is regressive. True, 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 true. You could do age limit verification, which they kind of already do to some extent, right? I mean, a lot of movies also, they have advisory, like content has to be age graded. It's YouTube true. as well. Violence is okay, graded. but sex is not. <laughs> You know, I do improvisational comedy and I had to get a lot of guidelines on like what you can do on stage, what you can't do on stage because of these like guidelines uh, in Singapore. And literally it's kind of interesting because you have to improvise comedy, but you're also in the back of your head. You're like, okay, these are like the media markers of what you can show and not show. All right. I'll uh, have so, to come yeah. watch a show, Jeremy. What, yeah, what know, risque right? things are you saying while you're on stage? Only implied risky activities <laughs> that adults will get, but children will be like, oh, okay, that's totally normal. Uh, are there you know. children at your improv performances? Yeah, how that you mention it, I don't think there's a, any age checks or anything. So, I mean, the audience I've seen so far have always been adults, but there's nothing preventing children from signing up. I don't. Let's not bring the eye of regulatory yeah, yeah, oversight, yeah. like the eye of Sauron, just like pivot from TikTok towards please. improvisational comedy. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Please, but, please but, but, delete. But it's, please but it's, delete. But it's, 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 it's no, no, no. It's fine. But but it's it's a fair. It, this is actually a very fair um, debate, right? Because we're saying like, what is the the, the intent, right, or regulatory requirement, right? Like you said, right, protecting children, and that's when age grade taxation, all this stuff happens, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would be open for it for, for kids. But I don't think that, you know, to go back to the original topic, right, I just don't think that that addresses necessarily the Congress's concerns about data security and privacy, right? That doesn't actually solve any of that. It's a small camp, right? And I think you can, like I said, there's a bunch of moves you can do that give them a win, right? And that's the most important thing, right? It's like you say, you do the show and then Mark Zuckerberg went on to Congress. He also did the show. We got a lot of like memes about <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, you're right. They're going to be memes. <laughs> you better pull up TikTok. TikTok. You, need to, you, need to, you need to get your, uh, get your meme fix. I know, right? You know, I think it reminds me that there is a bit of a moral panic, right? There still hasn't been resolved for social media, right? Like you said, yeah, I mean, I think this idea, right, that you can basically create these very perfect fictionalized worlds where people project versions of themselves that they want can make other people feel depressed, inadequate, all those sorts of things. There's a lot of there's a lot of research on that. But it is funny, right? As like compared, TikTok is the opposite. <laughs> Sorry, I was just saying, as compared to normal humans who are around you who bully and make you depressed for not being part of the norm. Right? Because, I mean, TikTok and social media, they're very socially progressive, right? They accept you for whoever you are because, you know, the echo chamber affirms your identity, right? You know, you go to Reddit and you're like, you're really into like, like me, improvisational comedy. I hang out with a bunch of improv comedy nerds and I'm like, oh, I'm not a weirdo anymore, right? You know, I've, I have 10,000 friends across the world, right? I mean, that's the power of social media, right? And even for TikTok, you feel affirmed. I, I don't know. I don't know if I feel affirmed. Um, and maybe I don't spend enough time on it, but I'm I'm pretty glad I didn't have it when I was a teenager. Oh, what? But you had the internet. You had, and the internet was free. Anybody could do whatever they want around the internet back then. Yeah, but the internet was slow. And it had much less stuff. You forget I'm old. But I was like, you know, I was on like the bulletin boards and everybody was like, remember the internet when everything was free, everybody was for sure a human. 
all of us were weirdos writing on the internet. Then we had like Blogger, Blogspot, yeah, blogger, Live Journal. Oh live Journal, then, old school. Yeah. I'm just saying Tumblr. I mean, I, I, I've written some real <laughs> diary reflections out there about my Your teenagehood. School. Yeah, my teenagehood. It'll be like, you know, your you're feelings. Blog, you you know, I would paste song lyrics there, which kind of implied that I like somebody, and I, I was hopeful that that person would read it. And I don't know, it was it was it was a it was a free time, right? Free. It was like I don't know. I mean, I do know. So I went back to my secondary school, and there's a club now that's like the Internet Safety Club, and it's like what? their mission to educate other girls about the dangers of the internet. And I was like, wow, this definitely this is not a CCA that existed when I was in school. So yeah, the- yeah. It, I don't <laughs> think it's. It must be called something else. It's not so stark, but it is. That's essentially their mission: is to like help people understand. And I think that that's a real thing too, right? Like, I don't think people like. The amplification that social media does on very normal teenage behaviors, I think, can be a huge shock to people, right? So what used to be just, like, a mini scandal or whatever in your group of friends can suddenly, like, blow out to, like, all these outside schools and outside people that don't know you, have no context, anything. And it could be a much more wounding experience, I think, than in the past. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think humans are designed to write stuff implied to, like, I don't know, sending a message in a bottle out to the ocean or to a few friends. But yeah, I don't think they're geared for the idea of a million people reading it, right? And you know, it just reminded me of the other tech that my school did. So we all started the computer club, all nerds, right? All weirdos doing Dreamweaver and coding websites and stuff. And then there was this moral panic. I don't remember called land gaming, right? So students would leave school. They'd go to the computer cafes where there were like 50 computers and then there were bad influencers because they exposed the internet, which had... Who God knows who on there. And then people were smoking in there and eating instant noodles, which were very bad for you. And so well, that's what we did was somehow, I don't know what happened, but a teacher at the club, we basically created this proposal. We said, let's legalize and bring computer gaming to our school. And so we set up a computer gaming cafe on the basement level of the school, totally school run, operated. And I was one of those people who was like, obviously set up the internet filters, collecting two bucks an hour, incredible value, two bucks an hour for, and it was like on campus. And then, and it was literally, we had the whole system, right? We had like the similar way you said, right? It's like if a teacher or a parent called or even a student called, we would block them and couldn't let them in. We had a time limit per week, right? Like say it was $2 an hour. Did you have instant noodles? We did not have instant noodles, but I mean, let's be real, the... Our cafeteria downstairs with our fried chicken chopped rice was absolutely worse than instant noodles, I would say. Especially with the cordial and all that stuff. You know, that's how we legalized and made it good, right? It became an amenity of the school. We're like, look at our school, right? Anglo Chinese school. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So, like, did they let you play like Counter Strike and violent games too? Oh, for sure. Like you said, violence is okay. There's just no. No sex. <laughs> my violence was okay. Man, Counter Strike, Come on, Conquer, Renegade. Oh man, those oh my are God. Of stuff we there. I did not know this. And this is a great story, though. I like this. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got to say. Remember, like, when you have an officer, scholar, and gentleman, legally sectioned violence is okay. Yes. <laughs> it's is a function of the state, right? <laughs> you know? Oh God. Everything else, oh. maybe not so much, huh? Yeah. Oh. Oh. So I'm just contrasting the Internet Safety Club. And the computer gaming cafe. Yeah. 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 
Cool. Uh, well, I, I can't wait to hear what well, he says in front of Congress. So that'll be the next episode. Yeah. So I guess if you have one hope for the future, what would that be? One hope? I only get one hope for the future? Well, right. We're in a bearish mood. <laughs> I mean, I hope we, we get our act together on climate change. That's my hope for the future. But that's not Ooh. really related to the TikTok comment. So, hey, TikTok, Gen Z, they care about climate change. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's the, yeah, that's, so. the, that's my hope that we, yeah. we actually get yeah. our act together on climate change because I think we're getting really close to the edge on when we can still have an impact on the outcome. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. And on that note, yeah, climate change, TikTok is a huge educator, honestly, I think for Gen Z, right, on this topic. I think the trick like is action. I think my hope for the future is my kids and by extension, you know, everyone's kids know how to, like, I don't know, use social media and devices wisely, right? I don't know. It's like driving a car, right? It's a, sure, it's a transportation machine, but it can be a machine of suicide in terms yeah. of like, Bad so you driving, think you should get people, death. they have to take lessons and get a license before they can use social media? <laughs> Sorry, is this good? <laughs> but like, we're just replicating like a lot of like Chinese policies by this metaphor, right? Because now you're like, like you need to like get socially certified by the state. You have a license plate number, a unique number to go on the internet. Sorry, this is like, you know, the, I don't know. But I mean, well, you have to do it for financial things, right? Like you have to certify that you're an accredited investor to do riskier financial products. Right. Accredited um, investors. Yeah. So I don't know. It's not an insane idea. Like it wouldn't be bad. Like imagine if like you had to take a fake news test before you could use social media. <laughs> So many people fail this. <laughs> like, I can barely keep on top of it, honestly. It's like, I mean... It's kind of an interesting yeah. idea. I don't know. It's a little, the fake news test. I mean, you're, 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 you're becoming a defender of uh, what uh, Pothmark in Singapore, right? Which is, how do you define what is whoa, uh, whoa, true whoa. news? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now you're taking I'm things just saying, a little bit, a a little bit far here. I know, but someone's going to decide what's fake and what's real, right? I'm just saying, right? And Okay, on that note. <laughs> on that note, and it's on that positive note, we'll see you uh, next week, Shion. All right, sounds good, Jeremy. <laughs> see you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Brave. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. We would also appreciate you leaving a rating or review head over to www.bravesea.com for member content, resources, and community. Stay well and stay brave.